Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max powertrain on limited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander. Hi, it's Gabby Reese, and this podcast is powered by Laird Superfood. It was created in our kitchen by my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton, and it all started with a simple idea. What began as Laird's secret for long-lasting energy on the waves is now Laird Superfood, offering a full range of delicious plant-based creamers, coffee, greens, and more. Visit LairdSuperfood.com and use the code GABBY2024 and save 20% on your first order. Digital trends show up every day in business decisions and actions. West Monroe is the number one strategic partner translating technology into financial value for companies. The This Is Digital podcast applies West Monroe's two decades of secrets and best practices to your business's benefit. Favorite past topics from the last three seasons include how AI and the next generation of employees are shaping the workplace, becoming a product company, Highmark's journey, and what does it mean to put the customer first? Learn more at westmonroe.com. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. Hey everybody, it is Wednesday, February 8th, 2023. Welcome to the NFL Fantasy Football Podcast, where we have always been witnesses. It's me, your man MG, Marcus Grant, joined by Michael F. Florio. We got Ryan Dennis on the controls today, and uh, Florio, you are, I know this is an audio only show, but you're rocking a Lakers shirt today, which is, is fitting because last night LeBron James did a thing that I think a lot of people never thought could be done. And that was surpassing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as the NBA's all-time leading scorer. I know this is a football show, but I feel like we have to stop and recognize a monumental accomplishment by one of the greatest athletes I think we will ever see. I know Tom Brady just retired, LeBron James, uh, kind of nearing the end of his career. And I just feel like, you know, this is one of those things that you will always sort of remember where you were uh, years down the line. I'll tell my kid about it. If you have kids, I'm sure you'll tell your kids about it. It just was just one of those historic things that uh, absolutely deserves recognition and celebration. And so, uh, yeah, man, shout out to LeBron for that. 
Yeah, I, I'm no Laker fan, but this is a LeBron shirt. Uh, I have multiple for people. I, it's not set up now, but I have multiple LeBron pops usually in, in my setup <laughs> behind me. Uh, I When he first came to the league, I will admit I was a LeBron hater. Uh, Carmelo was always my guy. Like Melo's my all-time favorite NBA player, but LeBron is second. He I, I quickly realized that, like, hey, LeBron's not the problem. I am, and I think too many people have taken him for granted and want to compare him to other people and stuff. And when it's all said and done, I do think he is... I'll give Jordan the credit of, like, he's the best winner in NBA history, but I think LeBron James is the best all-around individual talent ever. He's so good at, at, at basketball that people say, like, he's not a pure scorer, even though he scored more points than anyone else, <laughs> because he's so good at everything else the game entails. Yeah, that was one of the jokes last night. Somebody said, you know, it's not bad for a pass-first guy uh, to score all <laughs> these points there. And it is amazing what he's been able to do and how he's able to play at such a high level in year 20. And I know we, we said that about Tom Brady as well. He just finished, what, 23 seasons. And here it is, LeBron is in his 20th season, uh, still averaging, what, 30 points a game, has passed Kareem as the all-time leading scorer. And everybody's like, well, you know, he's going to put this record out of reach, right? Like, he's going he's yeah. to well surpass uh, 40,000 points. If he plays another four or five years, we might be looking at 45,000 points potentially uh, from LeBron James. And, you know, you talk about unbreakable records. That one is going to it's going to be up there. Um, I, I was looking at like NFL records, uh, you know, Tom Brady with his 89,000 plus passing yards. Uh, you know, there's nobody right now that I think has a legitimate shot at it. I mean, Matt Ryan, I think, is pretty much done. Aaron Rodgers is 30,000 yards behind. Matt Stafford's another 37,000 yards behind. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is the guy that everybody thinks can do it. He's at 21,000 yards right now. I mean, he's got a long, long way to go. Um, this feels like, Florio, this, you know, it, it took 30-something years, 37, 38 years to, to break this scoring record. Uh, this might stand for another 30, 40, maybe 50 years, I think, at this point. I think so, because not only does someone have to be great at scoring, obviously, like Kevin Durant, you can make the case is the best scorer of all time, but you need to do it for 20 years and not and, and stay healthy because LeBron's never missed outside of a couple of years ago. We took like three weeks off. He, he has barely missed time in his career. It, it's just remarkable. And I saw a stat recently that was like Mahomes would need to keep this pace up until his late 30s to break Tom Brady's record, which is just remarkable. And and I think longevity, the, these guys are the best to ever do that. And my, my takeaway with LeBron is that he was on the cover of Sports Illustrated and dubbed as the chosen one at 16 years old. And we've seen so many high school athletes dub this <laughs> stuff like that and, and they never pan out. And LeBron not only lived up to expectations, he's exceeded far and away every expectation. And then I guess... To just bring it into another football sense, I was thinking about it last night. Tom Brady, he kind of has the resume of a LeBron and a Jordan combined because Jordan has all the like the championships and stuff. Brady has that, but LeBron has all the individual records. Brady has that. Like, I, I, I just will never see another career like Tom Brady's. Probably not. I, I was doing the math real quick, and for Patrick Mahomes to break Brady's, or at least to reach Brady's record. Uh, he's got to average 4,000 passing yards for the next 16 seasons. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, that's all you got to do. Just average 4,000 passing yards a year for 16 more years. Um, so not only do you have to stay healthy, you have to be consistently great at what you do. So I think that puts it sort of uh, into perspective. But 
Mahomes does have one more big game coming, and we will dive into that. Uh, Super Bowl 57 is on tap for this weekend in Glendale, Arizona. So we'll talk about uh, some of the big questions. We'll give you a DFS lineup, uh, both sides, for the Super Bowl. Also, just some fun predictions for the game. Uh, I know we'll do some little news and notes at the end as well, just to uh, kind of break it out of uh, Super Bowl mode a little bit. But let's start with what I'm terming the three big questions for Super Bowl 57. Three things that I think we've got to dive into to help us get a handle on who's going to perform well and ultimately who's going to win the game. So let's start with Patrick Mahomes himself because he suffered that ankle injury against the Jaguars. He gutted it out. He somehow was able to... to tape it back up and play the next week and help the Chiefs beat the Bengals to get to the Super Bowl. All eyes have been on that ankle for the last several weeks, and he admits that he's going to have to kind of play through it. It's not going to be completely healthy, that high ankle sprain. So my question to you is, how do the Chiefs beat that Eagles defense without a fully healthy Patrick Mahomes? I think it's going to have to be a lot of creativity and a lot of short, quick passes. And luckily for the Chiefs, they're the most creative offense in, in football, and they're one of the best short pass attacks. And like, I don't think people realize because for years, Mahomes was just like, I'm going to beat you on the deep ball. Tyreek Hill's going to be downfield. And like last year, when people took the deep ball away, it really had a, a negative impact on Mahomes. He set the record for most touchdown passes of fewer than 10 air yards this year. Like, he's completely revamped his, his game and this attack here, and it's just made them even harder to stop. But one thing that I've talked about this Eagles defense a lot this season and in the playoffs is while I think their secondary is the best in football, the way you attack them is through the slot because they take away your outside guys. I'm really curious to see if one of Slay or Bradbury uh, are lined up against Travis Kelsey at times in this game as well. But I think we're going to need for the Chiefs to win. Jerk McKinnon's going to have to be a big part. Uh, I think Juju in the slot, Kadarius Toney in the slot at times. Like They're going to have to get creative and quickly get the ball into the hands of the playmaker. But I, I, the, I'm not going to degrade the ankle injury. I, I was in a walking boot for a couple weeks recently. <laughs> I know how hard it could be to, to just get out of that and move and stuff. Mahomes beat the Bengals a week after hurting it, and he finished the game, the game that he sprained it. Like, he's had a couple weeks to rest here. I think Mahomes is going to be okay. I mean, I think he's going to be fine. There, there's nothing short of an amputation is going to stop him from playing <laughs> this week. So in that Even respect, then. He's, he's going to be out there. I do think you, you talk about how the Eagles want to defend Travis Kelsey, and that's going to be a big key. How do you take a guy away when the Chiefs have been so good at moving him around, hiding him within the formation, having him sort of decoy as a blocker, then trying to drift out into a, a pass route, that sort of thing. And I think it's going to be interesting because the Eagles have been a very zone-heavy team. I know a lot of the NFL teams very, are very zone-heavy. The Eagles are incredibly zone-heavy, and that is where Kelsey eats more often than not. So do they decide to dedicate one defender on just keeping an eye on Kelsey, sort of spying on him and making sure he doesn't get loose? In that instance, though, we saw a couple weeks ago in the championship game that Mahomes was able to get other people involved. It was Marquez Valdez-Scantling that had 116 yards and a touchdown. And he did this, remember, with Juju getting hurt, with Kadarius Toney getting hurt, with Mecole Hardman getting hurt. I keep saying that the, the Chiefs pass catchers, it looks like a 22-year-old's fridge, right? It's like you've got you've got you know a steak there, which is great, and that's Travis Kelsey. The rest of it is just ingredients. You're trying, you're trying to figure out how to put something together with. It's like <laughs> it's like mayo 
and you know cheese and like soy sauce and you got to figure out how to make a meal out of this and somehow Mahomes is able to do it and that is what is amazing to me but I do think they've got to come up with something creative I like what you said about Jarek McKinnon I think he's going to have to be a big part of this offense but it's not going to be just I think load up Travis Kelsey with targets because if you're the Eagles and you let that happen that to me is the ultimate in coaching malpractice if the one guy you know is the playmaker is the guy that you let beat you that being said the Chiefs we know can score points when they start clicking they can move up and down the field on anybody the Eagles on the other side we talk about Mahomes' ankle we haven't talked as much about Jalen Hurts' shoulder he says it's not a big deal he hasn't been on the injury report but he does acknowledge it's something he's got to play through they haven't needed him to throw the ball a lot Mike the last couple of weeks last week or two weeks ago against the 49ers when Brock Purdy got hurt and then they lost Josh Johnson, that made them so one-dimensional. The Eagles didn't have to do a whole lot offensively. The week before, the Giants were just outmanned. They just weren't going to be able to score with the Eagles uh, on possessions. This is a week that they might have to. If this turns into a high-scoring game and you've got Jalen Hurts with a shoulder that you know is maybe not 100%, how do they stay in this game? How do they keep up with that Chiefs offense? Uh, I think you just got to let them do what they do. Like, I, I think this is one of the best offenses in football. And I, I know we could talk about, yeah, the Giants, they, they were outmanned. The, the Eagles still dropped a boatload of points against them. They did that against the 49ers uh, defense as well. And what, what stood out to me was the 49ers defense. Like, yeah, I get it. Their, their quarterbacks, it, it wasn't a fair fight once Brock Purdy and Johnson went down especially. But... Last I checked, the 49ers' defense was still intact, and the Eagles dropped 31 on them. And not only did they drop 31 on them, all year long we were saying this 49ers run defense, easily the best in the league, arguably one of the best ever. The Eagles went in and ran all over them. Like, all of their points were coming on the ground. So I think the Eagles, the Chiefs aren't going to be able to stop them on the ground. Like, no one can. Point, point out the game this year where the Eagles have had to completely abandon the run. I don't think you can because even if you shut down Miles Sanders, all of a sudden now Kenneth Gainwell is becoming a big factor in the backfield, especially in the passing game. And then Jalen Hurts is a top two running quarterback in football. It's him and Lamar Jackson. Like they're, they're the two best. So I think the run game will get going. For me, what it comes down to is the Eagles would just have to keep the pass game going. And even though they haven't had to, we've still seen Devonta Smith make special plays in the playoffs. We've seen A.J. Brown do his thing. We know what Dallas Goddard can do. So I think you just get the ball into the hands of your playmakers in the passing game and good things will happen for, for the Eagles. And I know a lot of people are saying, Marcus, it's like the easiest path to the Super Bowl and stuff. Part of that is because the Eagles have made it look so easy because they've been so dominant all year long. I hate that argument. And I, I had heard it. I've seen it. I hate that argument because, one, you can only play who's in front of you, first of all. But the Eagles consistently beat teams all year long to put themselves in a position to be that one seed, to ultimately get an easy path to the Super Bowl. I don't know why you – winning a Super Bowl is hard. Like, why do people have to try to make it harder? I don't understand that. I don't get it. So, you know, I give the Eagles all the credit in the world. I'm, I, I still say I'm disappointed that the Niners got injured. You know, their quarterbacks were hurt. We never got to see that offense. But at the same time, I fully acknowledge the Eagles were an incredible team, are an incredible team, and very well could have won that game had Brock Purdy stayed healthy, had everything gone the 49ers' way. On Sunday, 
we know we're going to see the stars come out and play, right? We're expecting to see Mahomes and Kelsey. We're expecting to see Hertz and A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith. We're expecting those guys to come out and do their thing. There's always going to be somebody, whether it's a, a particular unit, whether it's a particular player, that's going to be a wild card that's going to make plays. For you, who is the biggest wild card that could be a game changer this week? Uh, I think there's two. Uh, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Kadarius Tony because that's been my guy all year. <laughs> but I, I think the, the Chiefs are going to need a playmaker, particularly out of the slot, someone who they can get the ball to quickly and then can make big plays after. That's Kadarius Tony. And what stood out to me in the last game, game against the Bengals, he was heavily involved until he got hurt. So I, I, I think he will once again uh, be out there a whole bunch. But I think to me, even bigger than that, the Chiefs secondary, it Look, they've played above and beyond all year long. They've been battle-tested and they've come through. But there's a lot of rookies in that backfield. There's a lot of inexperienced players back there playing in the Super Bowl for the first time. And not only that, they're going up against A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith. Outside of the Bengals and the Dolphins, you could make a case that this might be the best one-two punch at the receiver position in, in football. Um, so, yeah, I think that that's going to be a huge test. And, and if those guys get exploited in the secondary for the Chiefs, it could be a long game for them. I, I think you, you mentioned Jarek McKinnon, and I think he's going to be a big key to this offense, especially because they are going to have to get it out quickly. They're going to have to try and get something going, uh, especially close to the line of scrimmage. And, and I think what goes hand in hand with that is the Chiefs' offensive line. And we saw uh, you know, when the Chiefs were in the Super Bowl against the Bucks. They really struggled to protect Mahomes. I mean, he was having a really rough time. And now he's facing arguably the best pass rush in the NFL. It was Hassan Reddick that really changed the NFC Championship game when he got to Brock Purdy, hit his hand, you know, hurt, injured Purdy, not suggesting it was anything malicious. It was just a hard football play that, that went badly for the Niners. But if the... Chiefs cannot give Mahomes time to throw. Yes, you can throw as many short, quick passes as you want. That's going to shrink the field, especially for a team uh, that, you know, they sort of run as kind of a changeup. They don't run the way the Eagles run in terms of, of leading and trying to dictate tempo and dictate the game. They run as a way to kind of keep you off balance and, and try to, you know, make you keep you honest about what you're doing defensively. So as much as Jarek McKinnon, I think, is going to be a big part of this, Eventually, they're going to have to try and get downfield, whether it's to MVS, whether it's to somebody else, Kelsey or whomever. That is going to mean that offensive line has to protect, has to give Mahomes time to throw so he can get the ball down to those playmakers somewhere down the field. All right. So we got those three big questions out of the way. We'll do some other predictions a little bit later on in the show that'll be a little bit more fun, that sort of thing. But... We know a lot of you out there are not just watching the game. You are giving yourself some extra stress along with it, whether it's in the form of I know player props, game props, DFS. So we decided to put together our DFS lineups for the week, going uh, kind of captain mode, showdown style, whatever you want to call it. And uh, so we each put our lineups together. I will give you the floor first. How did you build your DFS lineup for the Super Bowl? We've spoken about him a lot, and I think he's going to have a huge <laughs> impact. So my captain is Jarek McKinnon. I, I would not be surprised if he's the leading receiver for the Chiefs in this game. I, I think he's going to be heavily involved. We know they like to get him involved near the goal line. He could score a touchdown. And he's a little bit cheaper as well, especially in the captain spot. So getting him in there allowed me to get both quarterbacks, Mahomes and Hurts, because 
like the Chiefs offense, I agree with you, Marcus. They're going to have to get someone involved. I don't want to be guessing who that someone is. So just give me the the person who's going to get all the stats there. And that's Patrick Mahomes. Same thing with Jalen Hurts, plus everything he gives you on the ground. I went with an Eagle stack. I was debating if I wanted to go Kelsey or A.J. Brown uh, to finish a stack there, but I went with A.J. Brown because he's a little bit cheaper. Um, And I also think the the Eagles defense is going to throw everything they can to try to limit Travis Kelsey because, like you said, you know he's the he's the steak in the fridge with a whole bunch of gross things. You're going to have to stop that steak. Uh, Then I've talked about him a lot too, but I got Kadarius Toney in. I think as long as he's healthy, they're going to try to give him the ball, uh, some quick throws, some handoffs maybe. Uh, he almost caught that touchdown last week. And then after that, I was a little bit down on money, so I went with the Eagles' defense. Um, they're, they're cheap. I, I don't normally advocate putting defenses in against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, but the Eagles' defense has been making plays all year long, putting up big fantasy points. And if Mahomes is banged up with that ankle, maybe that leads to an extra sack or two. I definitely think getting both quarterbacks in is key, and that's why it was good to sort of go a little bit lower at at the captain spot just to give you that flexibility, which is why I went Dallas Goddard as my captain here, getting him at 9,600. And it allowed me to get both quarterbacks in, so I was able to get Hurts and Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. So I sort of I stacked I stacked tight ends and quarterbacks on both sides, going Hurts and Goddard on the Eagles side, Mahomes and Kelsey on the Chiefs side. I stayed away from Jarek McKinnon because I do feel like he's going to be a popular option this week. So instead, I went with Kenneth Gainwell, who, as you mentioned earlier, starting to see some more opportunities in the the Eagles' backfield. We saw him a lot in the NFC Championship game. Some of that might have just been game script because the Eagles had such a comfortable lead. They were able to just work some other guys in. But I do think he's going to be an option, especially to catch the football out of the backfield. So I loved him as an option here as a flex. And then at that point, I was pretty much uh, spent. So I went Justin Watson just because, again, going back to the fridge analogy – Somehow, you know, Mahomes is going to look back in the back and be like, hey, man, there's like, you know, an old thing of rice. We can cook that up and do something with that. Uh, And potentially that could be Justin Watson making a play downfield. You know, you just never know where where the ball is going to go. We do know Miko Hardman is on injured reserve, so he's not going to be available. Juju and Cardarius Tony were back at practice, so that looks positive for them about playing on Sunday. Curious your thoughts, by the way, because the, the Chiefs did activate Uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, he is off of injured reserve right now. We've seen McKinnon. We've seen Isaiah Pacheco. Do you believe we're going to see any CEH in the Super Bowl? Um, I think he'll be active instead of Ronald Jones. I I think we... Yes, I, I think we see him play some snaps because he's kind of the hybrid. Like when McKinnon's in there, you're like, all right, they're probably passing. I know they, they've started to include Pacheco in that a little bit to become a little bit more unpredictable. My thinking was always CEH kind of gives you the most unpredictableness, but I, I don't think he has a big impact. I think he sees a couple of snaps and that's it. I think that's that's probably fair. Um, I was watching the old Super Bowl, sorry, and and Damian Williams. I was like, I totally yeah. forgot about the run that he had. Damian Williams probably should have been the MVP of that Super I Bowl. I agree. Um, had a great game. Probably should have been the MVP. Didn't get it. And then I remember, I think that sort of bumped the fantasy hype for him, even though I think we all <laughs> sort of knew. We all sort of knew that that wasn't really going to last. It was a nice game, but that was kind of it. All right. Um, 
Take a quick break. We'll come back. Uh, we'll talk some more predictions. Also, uh, we talk about LeBron James and his greatness. We'll talk about some NFL players uh, and how great we think they may or may not have been during their careers as well. Stick around for more on the NFL Fantasy Football Podcast. Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my dance, <laughs> Hey guys, it's Steve Cavino from Cavino and Rich here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max Hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with the new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. When you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer. Check out the amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. 
Hi, it's Gabby Reese, and this podcast is powered by Laird Superfood, a brand that's truly close to my heart because it was founded in my kitchen by my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton. Today, Laird Superfood boasts an amazing lineup of products, all crafted with the highest quality plant-based ingredients. Think functional mushrooms, real fruits and veggies. What makes us unique? We're committed to using only real ingredients, no artificial and no natural flavors. Two of my absolute favorites are prebiotic daily greens, really great tasting, and we've added some mushrooms to support your gut even a little more. Then there's our instant latte lineup. We've got instant mocha, instant latte, chai. If you want to discover Laird Superfood, you can do it at your local retailer on Amazon or at LairdSuperfood.com. And if you put in the code GABBY2024 on our website, you'll get an exclusive 20% off your first purchase. So a little bit deeper look at Super Bowl 57. I almost said 75, 57. I was thinking the other day, (laughs) and we might have talked about this on this show. Is the Super Bowl the only thing left that still uses Roman numerals? It's like that, and, and as someone who's been doing furniture shopping lately, it's that and, like, giant clocks that you see at furniture <laughs> stores that they're trying to sell you. Besides that, I, 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 we've talked about it. Like, I genuinely do not understand. Like, I know how they generally work, but, like, if you put a Roman numeral in front of me, I have no idea what it says. It is one of those weird things that I have retained from, like, elementary school or, or junior high. Like, I don't know why. It's not like I use it in every day. And again, like the Super Bowl is kind of the only thing that uses it. And you talk about clocks, you always count to 12. Like that's not very difficult. Um, 57 is a little bit more complicated. So it, it is one of those things weirdly that I have retained, but I don't know why. And I don't get any use out of it except for once a year. And even then, um, I don't know. Roger, Goodell, we can just go to numbers. It's fine. Back in my research days, um, like Super Bowl week, I used to have to have a Roman numeral converter open at all times because <laughs> I'd look up what Super Bowl it was and then have to type that in because it, I genuinely, like I look at it and I have no idea. Yeah. So this is LVII. Next year will be LVIII. Um, but then we get to Super Bowl 59 and it'll be LVIX, I think it is. I when does it, what, what would 60 be? Like, does it change? 60 would be uh, LX, right? Uh, I'm just, okay. I'm putting, yeah, yeah, 60 is LX. <laughs> right? so, <laughs> didn't think we'd get uh, on this conversation, but here we are. <laughs> uh, back to the game itself. Um, just some, some predictions here. I got uh, six questions. Who is going to be the game's leading rusher? Jalen Hurts. Um, I, I think Jalen Hurts is going to have the ball in his hand a lot, and that's just going to lead to him... Uh, rushing and and we've seen him be able to rush for well over a hundred yards. I think he probably rushes for a touchdown as well. Uh, he's arguably the best rushing quarterback in the league for a reason. I want to say Jalen Hurts. I'm going to go outside the box and say Miles Sanders, just because the Chiefs may be on the lookout for Jalen Hurts running. That doesn't mean they can stop it, but I think they're going to be on the lookout for it. And I think if you're going to throw a wrinkle in, maybe you make Miles Sanders your guy. Uh, all right, so we got leading rusher out of the way. Who will have the most receptions in the game? Uh, it's probably chalky after we've spoken about it all show, but I, I think Jarek McKinnon is going to have one of those games where he finishes with like eight or nine catches and like like something for like 100 yards. I, I just think 
the Eagles get a lot of pressure on quarterbacks and they get there quickly. And their secondary is so good at in that short time it takes to get the pressure on the quarterback. They're still with their man. I think that's just going to lead to a lot of dump offs. I'm going to say A.J. Brown. Uh, I think I think we've seen the Chiefs play a lot of man coverage throughout the season and A.J. Brown just eats that alive. Uh, neither one of the Eagles receivers have had a huge game so far in the playoffs. You know, I, you mentioned Devonta Smith making plays, but neither one of them have put up huge totals at any point because, again, they haven't really needed it so far. I think they're they're going to need a big performance from one of their receivers, and I think it's going to be Brown who gets it done. Will there be a defensive touchdown in the game? I don't think so, but if one does happen, I think it will happen for the Eagles' defense. They're they're the better unit, I think. And then with Mahomes, even a little bit banged up, like he was fine against the Bengals, but when he had to roll out, that's when you really saw it, and, and he clearly wasn't himself. So I could see something like that where he's rolling out a strip sack or something like that. I mean... Brandon Graham, it's not like he's never had a big strip sack in a Super Bowl or something before. So uh, if it happens, I think it happens for the Eagles. I'm going to say no. I don't think it happens at all. You're probably right. If it does happen, it's Philadelphia. But I I think both these teams are going to do a pretty good job protecting the football. Uh, We may see a turnover or two, but I don't know that it leads to a touchdown for the defense. So there will be no group photos in the end zone at the Super Bowl to celebrate. Of course, Rihanna is doing halftime. Uh, we could sit and probably do a whole, you know, 10 minutes on what her playlist, what her set list should be for this. But I will ask the question, will she have more than two guests? We see a lot of features, a lot of special guests come out. Will Rihanna have more than two guests during her set at halftime? I do not think so. I, I think one, like you said, we could talk for 10 minutes over what song she should play. Like her catalog is so big that I think she has enough to choose from already. But then... I was thinking about, like, who has she done a lot of songs with? I know she's done a lot with Eminem. We just saw him last year. Jay-Z is the big one, but I feel like Jay-Z is too big to be an unannounced guest, if that makes sense. <laughs> right. Like, I think if he was to do a halftime Super Bowl show, it would be him headlining. Um, there's another artist she's done a lot of music with that is completely untouchable right now. So, like... I'm. I, I don't know who she really would even bring out. So I, I'm gonna say no. I was trying to think. I mean, I think, I think you know, Pharrell could come out. Uh, they've that done some fun. stuff together. That would be interesting. Um, you talk about being too big to be an unannounced guest. I think Drake was probably too big to just show up yeah. as an unannounced guest. So I don't know that that happens. So you might be right. At first, I thought, oh no, she'll get like three or four. But as I sit here and I, I talk it out out loud. Yeah, it, there might not be more than two. There might not be two, even, that she brings out. Uh, I kind of hope year. she does it just her. It, it could be. It, I mean, I'm trying to think, like, did The weekend have any guests? I just The only thing I remember about The weekend was him looking lost, going through that weird <laughs> glass maze uh, or whatever he didn't, I don't think he had another guest, but he did have, like, 500 people in mask on the field. <laughs> that was, yeah, that was, that was kind of bizarre. So maybe, yeah, maybe it'll just be all Rihanna all the time. Speaking did, to bring it back to the start of the show, did you see that cringe video that Drake made for LeBron? I missed that, thankfully. <laughs> oh, it was bad. And like it, it, they were playing it, and the game restarted. So then they replayed it again after, and I was just like, "We didn't need to see this once, let alone twice." <laughs> I'm glad I missed that part. Yeah, um, you know, I mean, obviously there are a lot of tributes, but I don't need to see one from Drake, who is. 
You know, it's funny for a guy who is such a popular musician and, you know, a big time star and like you think is super. He's kind of cringe, right? Just generally, <laughs> especially yes, around I, athletes. He's super cringe. Like there's the one picture of uh, I believe it's like LeBron guarding Kobe and like one of Co- like, the last time they and like it's ruined because Drake is like standing up, like swinging a towel or something <laughs> in it. I'm like, you don't need to be in everything. I mean, it was always the worst when he would you know, start repping your team in a big game because you just knew that uh, your team was going to lose, absolutely going to lose. Yeah, Ryan mentions he can't see Drake outside of Degrassi. It's funny to go back and look at those Degrassi <laughs> pictures because he just looks he looks kind of like a dork. And you're like, this guy has turned into like one of the biggest music stars in the entire world who ever would have imagined. All right, last couple <laughs> questions here. Uh, let's get back to the game itself. Who is going to be the Super Bowl MVP? I think it. Uh, this this kind of gives away, I guess, uh, the next question as well. But so, I, I think it'll no, be- let's, let's just let's just do them together. Then, who's the MVP and who is your champion? Let's just put it out there once. I think the Eagles win, and I think Jalen Hurts is the MVP. Uh, I, I I said the other day we got asked to do predictions and stuff. I uh, my heart feels very wrong picking against Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid because like I we've seen Mahomes just do it time and time and time again, but. As great as those two are, and I think they're the best head coach quarterback duo in the NFL, I think the Eagles just have the all-around best roster in football. Um, and I, I think that wins out in a game like this. Agree 100%. I think the, the Eagles are the better team top to bottom. I think top to bottom, they've probably been the best team in the league all year long, and I don't think that changes. And I'm with you. I think Jalen Hurts is the guy who wins the MVP. I think he has a great game, but I also think that we've gotten to the point that if there's nobody else that has a huge standout performance, it just tends to go to the quarterback of the winning team yep. now. So <laughs> it's it's sort of like the Heisman Trophy, where it's just kind of become a quarterback award unless somebody does something just absolutely mind-blowing. So, you know, I guess if A.J. Brown goes out and has, what, 12 catches for 200 yards and a couple of touchdowns, he gets it. But other than that, it's probably going to be Jalen Hurts. It, uh, it would have to be playing. a game like that. Because, like, Damian Williams probably should have got it. James White probably should have got it in that Atlanta Super Bowl. Like, it's hard to be a running back and win it. It really is hard. So, all right, so we're unanimous here. Eagles will be your champion. Jalen Hurts will be your Super Bowl MVP. Not bad for a guy that this time a year ago, a lot of us out there were wondering how good is Jalen Hurts. I mean, Florio, we we knew at this point last year that Jalen Hurts was a good fantasy quarterback. A lot of us had questions about what he could be as a real quarterback, and it's amazing that here it is, not even 12 full months later, we're talking about Jalen Hurts potentially as a Super Bowl MVP, getting a giant contract extension and being one of the top five quarterbacks in the league. That is maybe the ultimate glow up in the space of a calendar year. I've been a big, big Jalen Hurts supporter since he came into the NFL, but I thought he would be one of those quarterbacks that would be really good in fantasy and just okay in real life. I mean, the growth that he has shown, and, and I, I like to go back to like the middle of the 2021 season when the Eagles were kind of around 500, and there was questions like, should they move on to Gardner Minshew? Then he yeah. won a bunch of games, got them into the playoffs, and has lost one game since their loss to the Bucks last year. Like, I, I don't think enough people realize that. Like, yeah, the Chiefs and the, the Eagles have the same record. Jalen Hurts lost one game all year. It was a weird game to the Washington Commanders, a division game. And I think Howie Roseman t- doesn't get enough credit. Like, probably the best GM in football. He's rebuilt this team so many times and is one of four teams ever to be in the Super Bowl. Six, two Super Bowls within six years with a different head coach 
and quarterback. This it's just a well ran oil machine right now in uh, in Philly. Howie Roseman is amazing because he pulls off trades that it just it, it it's amazing how he does it because they always look so one sided. It's always like, well, how did you let the Eagles do this? Like it's to the point where if I'm a GM and my phone rings and I see it's Howie Roseman. I probably just send it to voicemail because it's probably not going to end well for me. That's because that's just how he he operates. So you're right. Credit to him for building this roster. Credit to Jeffrey Lurie. I went back and and was reading articles from this time last year about the Eagles and about Jalen Hurts and. The tone of all the articles was sort of what I mentioned. Who is he? What can he be? What is the ceiling? A lot of skepticism, a lot of you know, hope from, from Philadelphia fans and media, but a lot of skepticism. And to his credit, Jeffrey Lurie, the team owner, committed to Jalen Hurts from the beginning, said, this is our guy. We believe in him. We want him to be here. We think he can be the franchise quarterback. And here they are. 12 months later, you know, four quarters away from the ultimate prize with the guy they thought could be their franchise guy. So credit to Howie Roseman for building the roster. Credit to Jeffrey Lurie for committing to the quarterback and the Eagles about to taste potentially ultimate success because of it. Outside of Super Bowl week, other things happening around the NFL world. One of the big news and notes, A.J. Green. Calling it quits after 12 years in the NFL. Drafted by the Bengals, finished out his last couple of years in Arizona with the Cardinals. And the question I always ask when a guy like this retires, is A.J. Green a fantasy Hall of Famer? Very good player throughout his time, and at some points we considered him to be a top-level fantasy wide receiver. But for you, did he do enough to get into our mythical, as-yet-unopened fantasy Hall of Fame? I think so. Um... I know his stretch wasn't as long as some would have liked, but there was a time where uh, outside of Antonio Brown and Julio <laughs> Jones that A.J. Green was the best receiver in, in the game. And I, like, I, I know, again, that the stretch wasn't great, but in his first seven seasons, he averaged 79 catches over almost 1,200 yards and eight touchdowns. Uh, put up, I, I had him in fantasy a whole bunch of times, and, and I was always happy with him. I was always very, very, you know, taking him with early picks. So I do think maybe not a first ballot fantasy Hall of Famer. I know people <laughs> like to, to put different degrees into it, but I certainly think he's a Hall of Famer. And one thing I don't think he gets enough credit for, one of my favorite quotes of all time was when Floyd Mayweather said when it comes to legal bank robbing he's the best <laughs> AJ Green gave him a run for his money because in those final years he he was just getting collecting paychecks like there was that one year with the Bengals where he was hurt in air quotes all year long and he made almost 13 million that year like kudos to you AJ Green that was an amazing year because because every week there were the reports of hey AJ Green's at practice AJ Green's working <laughs> out and they get to like Friday and he's like nah can't go. Doesn't feel great. And like this went on for weeks to the point where everybody's like, well, why don't you guys just put him on injured reserve? And I don't think they I don't think they put him on IR till like week 15 or something. It was like something like way down the line. It was like, yeah, you guys should have done this months ago because it obviously wasn't going to happen. Um, yeah, you look at his numbers, 727 career receptions, 51st all time, six 1,000 yard seasons in his career, including five straight to start the career, 70 total touchdowns, three seasons as a top 10 fantasy wide receiver. I do think if we had multiple ballots, I don't know that he gets in on the first one, right? If, we, if we're talking that, I do think he eventually gets in. I think what hurts him is that it was 
sort of a tale of two careers, right? He had those first five years that were amazing, uh, just over 6,000 yards, 45 touchdowns in the first six years. Those last six seasons were the ones that sort of left you wanting more, where he had uh, you know, 4,300 yards, just 25 touchdowns over the last six full seasons that he played. In fact, the, the uh, last three years, two touchdowns that last year in Cincinnati, three in Arizona, two in Arizona. So, you know, recency bias, I think, sort of goes against him. But I think over the course of his career, uh, A.J. Green, uh, a phenomenal player, and congratulations on the career. Best of luck in retirement. And you know what? Even though it was against the 49ers, he scored a pretty cool touchdown in his very last game. Uh, long pass, kind of went up, high-pointed the ball, broke a couple of tackles, and uh, high-stepped into the end zone. So if that's the way, if that's the last thing we see of A.J. Green, that's a pretty good way for him to go out. Uh, also, it was smart of him to wait a week or two after Tom Brady <laughs> retired so he didn't get completely lost <laughs> in everything that happened there. That, I, I don't know if he, again, if he makes the real-life Hall of Fame, but that there's already, I mean, Brady and Watt are locks, but then A.J. Green is like the undercard. Like, that could be a really good Hall of Fame class. Yeah, that could be a fun a fun Sweet. week in Canton uh, five Speaking years from now which, if, if, he, if he does uh, make it to the Hall of Fame. Did you see Bef- Aaron Rodgers? Like that, what he's doing right now? He hasn't. He said he might retire. That's what made me think like he could join that Hall of Fame class. He's doing a week of where he's oh, just going to go like into some, a, like holistic medicine, psych, psych psychology. He's he's going to spend a week things. in a dark house with just darkness him. retreat. That's that's what it is. Thanks, Ryan. A darkness retreat. I I, I, I don't know, man. I don't know what's going on with this guy. Um. You know, the last 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 season, offseason, it was the ayahuasca and the spirit quests in South America. Now he's on darkness retreats. Um, <laughs> hey, man, look, I I am one who's like I am not against alternative medicines and all sorts of different ways to to find your your center and, and get your mental health right. Like you do you. Um, it's just weird that he's kind of more. I look at Ricky Williams. Like Ricky Williams was sort of always that guy going back to his days in college at the University of Texas. Aaron Rodgers has just sort of morphed into that guy. I think yeah. that's the weird part to me, that this has just the, all of a sudden happened. I, I don't dislike him for, for the stuff he's trying because I agree with you. I'm like, some of it sounds kind of cool and like he's exploring, but like I hate that like he tells the whole world like, hey – I'm not making up. I don't know if I'm even going to play again until I go sit in a dark house for a week. It's like, just do what you got to do, make a decision, and then let us know. That's the thing, right? Just go do your thing, man. Get your mind right and come back. You don't have to announce it to the world uh, what it is you're going to do. So we wait for uh, Aaron Rodgers to emerge from a dark room uh, as though he were electing a pope. And uh, you know. I would love to see his reaction the first time he sees light after that. <laughs> I mean, it's probably like... Probably like you come out of a movie theater, right? You're like, ah, this is bright, <laughs> something like that. Um, before we get out of here, it is the off season. We'll still talk plenty of fantasy football and that sort of thing. We always want to do some fun things uh, during the off season as well. And so, you know, one of the things about our group, you know, we always talk. Florio here has admitted that he is not a big <laughs> movie watcher. We talk about movies all the time at work, in the office, what have you. And a lot of times, Florio's like, I've never seen this. So... Good sir, I want to be part of your film miseducation. Uh, so this offseason, we're going to do a thing called Florio's Film Festival, where every week we get him to watch a new movie, and he's going to come on the show, and he's going to give us a review of it. We'll talk about it, whatever, that whole deal. 
Uh, I decided because you know, there's there's a lot of movies out there. There's a lot of movies that you haven't seen. I wanted to sort of narrow it down to a particular genre. So I decided uh, this summer we're going to get you up to speed on 90s action movies. So I have a big fat list of them. I, I, I picked four, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go through these four, and you tell me which ones you have or have not seen, and we'll pick we'll pick a starting spot for you, and then you know next week after the Super Bowl, actually let's go, let's go two weeks right because after the Super Bowl we can recap that, so we'll give you a couple weeks sort of decompress, and then once the Super Bowl is passed, we'll start the film festival, but want to give you the homework now so you can get going. So I got four movies. You let me know which ones you have or have not seen, and then we'll start from there. So, have you seen Terminator Two? I'll make it easy for you, Marcus. I haven't seen any of the movies on this list. <laughs> okay, well, there you go. <laughs> so the, the four, just for everybody out there listening, the four movies I picked to start with are Terminator 2, Speed, The Rock, and Con Air. Uh, I actually got a couple of, uh, of Nick Cage movies in here as well. So since you haven't seen Terminator 2, I feel like that is the place to start because to me, that is kind of the quintessential 90s action movie. It's Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's James Cameron. It's the apocalypse. Uh, it's it's certainly memeable. I'm glad Ryan agrees with me. He says that's number one. So <laughs> that is your homework. One question. Yeah. Yes. Um. Does it matter that I haven't seen Terminator 1 because I haven't seen Terminator 1 either? Not necessarily. No. I mean, if you need to, I can give you, like, basically Terminator 1 is Arnold Schwarzenegger is a robot who sent back from the future to kill a guy named John Connor because John Connor is going to lead the resistance uh, and take down all the robots. That's all you need to know. That's okay. the whole plot of the Terminator. Terminator 2 takes all of that, ratchets up the story to an insane level, uh, and gives us the T-1000, which is one of, still one of the greatest villains in movie history. So you're, you've got everything you need to know to go out and find Terminator 2. Uh, I'm sure it's streaming somewhere, and if you have to Amazon, I will Venmo you to Amazon <laughs> Private if you need to, uh, or something like that. So there the it is. Terminators? Are one of those movies where, despite the fact that I've never seen them, I can fake the fact that I have because I've seen, <laughs> I've seen clips, I've seen bit, you know, like I, I know the quotable lines, I know Arnold Schwarzenegger. So like, there's a lot of movies where I'm like, oh, I I know what that general premise is of that movie is. I've just never seen it. And Terminator Two is a hundred percent that. Terminator 2, this is the perfect place to start then. So uh, I look forward to you watching it. I look forward to us talking about it in a couple of weeks. That should be fun. I'm looking forward to this. I've got a big fat list of 90s movies. We're not going to get to all of them, obviously, over the course of the summer. But I want to get to a lot of them. Um, I feel like there are like four food groups of 90s action movies, right? You've got your Schwarzenegger movies. You've got your Bruce Willis movies. Uh, I think I think you know you've got uh, Stallone movies, and then I don't know that fourth food group is some sort of mixture of like Nick Cage and Wesley Snipes, maybe some Van Damme <laughs> sprinkled in there for good measure too. So to to it. make it easy, I have not seen a bunch of most of their movies, um, except for <laughs> Sylvester Stallone. I, I've seen like every Rocky movie. I've seen Rambo. So may, I, I I mean, there's probably others of his that I haven't seen, but I've seen his big ones. Oh no, we'll get you like Cliffhanger or something like that. Um, <laughs> something like something like that. Some a Stallone movie uh, that should be a whole lot of fun. So this I've is gonna be also, good. I, I'm looking forward to this. Me too. And I was gonna say I've I've also roped Nicolette into this. I've told her that like I was like, hey, you haven't <laughs> seen a lot of these movies too. So you're and she's 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 there was one that she keep I forget what it was. One movie that she said she hopes makes the cut because she wants to watch it. But uh, 
I'll, I'll check back with her and let you know. Maybe yeah, it makes the list. I'm not sure. Absolutely, because I'm, I'm down to take requests, too. And uh, that's for you guys out there listening as well. If there's a movie that you feel like, a 90s action movie that you feel like Florio needs to see, uh, you can always tweet us. You can always hit us up and let us know what that is, and we will add it to the list. Uh, we are going to get Florio educated on 90s action films I, before the start I feel like uh, at one point, maybe I could do this on my own. I know we've talked about... Um, Snakes on a Plane a good amount. I know it's oh. not a 90s movie, but maybe that needs to make the cut one day. You know what? <laughs> I'm willing to make an exception for Snakes on a Plane just because. I know it's, it's 2006. I don't care. I'm willing to make an exception for it because it is bananas. I love that you knew <laughs> the exact year. Like that, You and Patrick always talk about it. I need to watch it. It is it is because it's just amazing in so many regards. Um, side note, this is that was a movie that when the trailer came out, I was like, I'm seeing like it was like one of those things. There was no doubt. It wasn't if I see it. It was like, how quickly will I go to the theater and give them my money to watch the movie? And it was everything I hoped and dreamed that it could be. <laughs> Hopefully, Super Bowl Fifty Seven is everything we hoped and dreamed it could be. We'll be back next week to kind of recap that and uh, get you ready for the off season as well, because free agency, the combine, all that stuff, right around the corner. So we're just turning the page getting you ready for the start of the 2023 season as well. So enjoy the game, everybody. That will do it for this edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Podcast. Stay happy, safe, and healthy. Do good. Live well. Have fun. Be safe for Super Bowl weekend. And we will talk to you next week. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max powertrain on limited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander. Hi, I'm Gabby Reese. Join me and my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton, on our journey with Laird Superfood. From our kitchen to yours, we've crafted delicious plant-based creamers, coffee, greens, and so much more using high-quality functional ingredients. Visit LairdSuperfood.com and use the code GABBY2024 for 20% off your first order. Digital trends show up every day in business decisions and actions. West Monroe is the number one strategic partner translating technology into financial value for companies. The This Is Digital podcast applies West Monroe's two decades of secrets and best practices to your business's benefit. Favorite past topics from the last three seasons include how AI and the next generation of employees are shaping the workplace, becoming a product company, Highmark's journey, and what does it mean to put the customer first? Learn more at westmonroe.com. Turns out a delightfully clean home can make for a delightful start to the day. 
At Mrs. Myers, everything they make is inspired by the garden. With plant-derived and other thoughtfully chosen ingredients, their cleaning products smell like a dream and work like the Dickens, leaving your home sparkly clean and your to-do list tackled in no time. Goodness, there's no better feeling than that. Mrs. Myers, rooted in goodness. Visit MrsMyers.com today. Introducing the Lisa Chill Collection, your answer to hot nights. These mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers, whisking away heat for the perfect sleep temperature. Save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows when you shop now. iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.